It signed me out of Google. Oh, Wait, when I went to refresh the live page, I can't tell if we're live. Thank you for that, YouTube. <laughs> I don't see it. And yet. welcome to the okay. WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We have a fantastic show for you guys today. I'm going to tell you all about it. Once yeah. my Google Docs signs back in, there it is. NVIDIA's botched launch. Botched launch. Botched <laughs> launch. Ampere, we've got 3080s shipping without boxes. We've got crashing games. We've got a Titan class disappointment in the form Ooh. of the 3090. This was written by uh, one of one of the writers put this put this headline, this intentionally sensationalist headline. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that NVIDIA has gone through launching their Ampere graphics cards. In other small and inconsequential news, Microsoft buys ZeniMax for $7.5 billion. Yes, my Very, friends. Uh, small and inconsequential. The days of independent developers are over, but that's old news. Now the days of large, enormous conglomerate developers are also over <laughs> it's it's all just gonna be one developer uh what else <laughs> what else we got luke i uh i also got signed out of the dock right after you did so hey. i am working on that right now fantastic why don't i just do two more big natty <laughs> may be faster than the rtx 3080 that's right my friends we've got more hype train news for an amd graphics card color me really skeptical and in other news spotify tile proton mail and Basecamp join epic against apple they're calling it the coalition for app fairness or oh the calf <laughs> the calf just hope it don't get slaughtered i feel like we weren't invited i, I rolled I, I rolled the intro already Oh, nice. I'm going to turn up the volume. People have been complaining about the volume of the intro. There you go. That better? You guys like that? You like that intro volume? Okay. You good? We good? You okay? You guys okay now? Show is brought to you today by the SteelSeries Rival 3 Wireless. Wow. I don't think we've worked with SteelSeries in a long time. That's sweet. They're back. Everyone comes crawling back. Vessi Footwear, and of course, Ridge Wallet. That's right. If you drop your yeah. wallet off a ridge, you want one that's going to survive the fall. I don't think Speaking that's right. Survive the fall. Yeah. Um, Austin and I were talking about this. Is this is off topic? I'll try to make it quick. Sure. Austin and I were talking about Highlander, and I brought up how I've been like trying to brainstorm a new one for years, but I've never thought of something that's like really actually cool. Oh no. Um, what are you pitching me right now? An interesting idea, and he said he would be in for it. I, I don't know. It, it's got some, you know, but an interesting idea could be going to Death Valley where it's obscenely hot. The world's hottest land party, and we try to keep all the PCs running. Running. Because yes. it gets like 50 degrees there, up. doesn't it? You could it, it gets real freaking hot. And could, you could even set it up as maybe a competition, like a benchmarking competition. That's very interesting. Teams. So the thing is, I actually had the concept a long time ago. Like I, I probably talked to you about this way back in the day of doing like a, like kind of like an expose. Because when you, when you um, design a device, 
So many, many manufacturers are guilty of this. When you design a device to basically ride its thermal throttling limit, you are inherently introducing inconsistencies in the customer experience. Because if I'm someone who lives in Yukon or Alaska or something, my experience with, uh, let's say, a mobile phone, for example, for many months out of the year might be one of higher performance and yet yeah. lower battery compared to someone who lives in Arizona or you know somewhere along the equator. And so I had actually, it was just such an ambitious project that I never got around to doing it. But what I had wanted to do was take like like a half a dozen phones. Phones were what I was really focused on at the time, uh, but it, you could do it just as easily with laptops or desktops for that matter. Take half a dozen devices and then like benchmark them in yeah. real world conditions, because obviously you could just buy a thermal chamber or whatever, and you know adjust the humidity on your on your chamber, and you could you could simulate it that way. Manufacturers do that, obviously, but the idea of like traveling around the world and seeing, you know, uh, one of the things I wanted to investigate was whether different regional versions of a SKU might actually even be Ooh. tuned differently, because I've heard of things like that, like the the Taiwanese version of some phone being uh, more optimized to deal with high humidity. For for example, but I've never seen like concrete proof that that's like an industry-wide thing yeah. that happens at any appreciable scale. So it was, I had an idea that's like sort of related to that, but the idea of going down there and making it like a land party or like a, like a, like a competition type thing, that's pretty cool. I, I like, I like the idea because like, if you do like, if, if you do separate teams, and each team can bring their own rig. Maybe it has to hit certain specifications or you have a certain budget. I don't know. But each team can bring their own rig and their own like countermeasures. You could maybe go with like a fixed case or you have to use a test bench or something. And yep. you can't do a covering. So you can't get away from the sun. Yeah. That was something Austin brought up. And it's a very good point that like shade would just be super imbalanced. So yeah. can't allow shade. And your your parts have to be exposed or whatever. So yeah. like there can't be any cheating in that way. But how however you decide to do your cooling, blah, 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 could be really, really cool. And then you just brought up another thing. I don't know how the competition would tie into this, but you could take the same rigs and the same parts or whatever and go to Alaska. Yeah, totally. Totally. Be like all sub zero to you know, fifty degrees above zero or whatever like that the is. The temperature delta of those systems yes. would be just obscene. I know, right? <laughs> Like how how fast does an RTX 3080 go in Death Valley? You know? Yeah, yeah, that'd um, be really cool. And like you could you could center the trip around that, but you could do other things while you're there too. You could take like MacBooks that notoriously thermal throttle. Nick you Light's messaging me. Stuff. He's like LTTStore.com Sun Hats Highlander Edition. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> that was a hundred percent worth pinging the entire thousands of people watching with a Teams notification. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Nick Light. Uh, Crumstifer has a PSA for me in the uh, YouTube chat. It's 2020, Linus. Stop calling things dank. Um, this lower third like banner thing that you're looking at is quite literally four years old. <laughs> so uh, that's that's why that's why hasn't been updated. Um, Pretty dank, super chat, dude. Thanks for thanks for uh, 
Yeah. Thanks for calling in. It wasn't a super chat, show. actually. I just uh I just thought it was I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very funny. Well, it would have been more dank if it was a super chat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Apparently dank is still dank according to Avalanche Master. That's a great username. Um, all right. <laughs> so why don't we jump into our first topic here? NVIDIA's yes. Bonch Dampier launch. You guys clicked on this. Bonched. You wanna know you wanna <laughs> <Bonched down. laughs> You guys want to know how NVIDIA has disappointed gamers. Well, it sure as heck isn't with their performance, and it sure as heck isn't with their pricing. Gamers are pretty into that right about now. Well, on the 3080 in particular. Where they're disappointing people is actually getting any 3080s in the hands of these non-disappointed gamers. Gamers and having are, them not crash once yeah, you get them. And having them not crash. So this is kind of like three news stories in one, but... The 3000 series launch has been fraught with issues. Uh, first, low availability thanks to scalper bots, and now so much more. RTX 3080s have been reportedly shipping from Newegg in what is called OEM packaging. So, in other yeah. words, the bare card wrapped in bubble wrap and then thrown into a shipping box. Just a loose um, box. Yeah, yep. so OEM packaging is pretty common for things like, um, way, okay, way back in the day, way back in the day um, when Ace Attack first launched the LCLC, so the first closed-loop, like, all-in-one cooler, the only way to get it, uh, brands like Corsair hadn't launched their rebranded or derivative products yet, so the only way to get it, because I saw it and I was like, big water cooling nerd. I was like, wow, we could like water cool all our pre-built systems. This, this would be sick. We're going to be, we're gonna, it's going to be the next big thing. Um, so the only way to get it was to contact Asetek, order a container of them. Um, and they would all just come in, well, OEM packaging, which means it's designed for an OEM. And an OEM in this context means someone who plans to add their own retail packaging solution, their own instructions, their own accessories and decals and whatever the case may be. So silly me, uh, without really giving any thought to how it was actually going to get done, I ordered this entire gigantic thing of these Asetek LCLCs, realized that because no one really like knew about them, they weren't gonna just order systems with them in it, and also our system volume wasn't really that high. And so um, I ended up actually cutting up the OEM packaging, which was like multiple LCLCs per box with like foam. I ended up cutting up a lot of the OEM packaging, like cutting the foam, and then I sourced boxes, and then I had to like put it in there and like salvage other foam and like make my own packaging for these LCLCs that we ended up spending like the next very long time uh, selling. We did eventually, <laughs> we did get rid of them. We didn't lose money, but there was some sweat, blood, and tears of mine that went into making that a sort of successful launch. And it was only sort of successful because by the time Corsair launched the H50, uh, did they call it? Yeah, I think they called the H50 um, with like the same price and, you know, way better instructions and stuff. Uh, yeah, it sort of looked like a looked like a bad call. Looked kind of, kind of a bad call. Anyway, the point is, um, someone over at Newegg is having a similar experience. They got some OEM cards up in here. Uh, there's a there's a bubble wrapped bubble wrapped card. Can you imagine getting something like an RTX 3080? Skip to the next picture. The next one, like in the dock, or no, in in the Reddit thread, there should be an arrow to the right. Oh wow, well, I don't even I don't even Reddit, Luke. You know that I never read it. 
Did you say, ah, the, the like IO plate is bent. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, there you go. It should still work actually. It should, but yeah. still like, that's not what you want to show up when you buy a super premium product like yeah, that. $700 like, graphics card. That's not. If you dropped money on that. It shows up with no box. No, like, and I can bet this guy's not going to read the instruction manual, but like, it doesn't have it. So it doesn't feel like the premium experience that you just paid for. And it's like literally damaged. Even if it does work, it's literally damaged. Yeah. This lame. He might have already flipped his previous card in order to afford this purchase. Now he might have to, uh, I don't know, RMA this or something in order to get one that's like not partially borked. Jacob from EVGA gave an assessment on the NVIDIA subreddit saying that a very, very small number of cards look to have been shipped from Newegg in bulk. I wonder what the point of Newegg having any bulk graphics cards is, though. Like, they did away with their system integrator ages ago. They used to... ABS, I think it was called? Um, But they don't have one anymore. Like, the only reason I can think of to ship cards in bulk like that is to an SI who's going to essentially package it into a complete system like what are they even doing does new egg do their own builds guys let, let me know if i'm just totally off base on this let me go take a look i mean i i'm fairly sure that new egg abs systems i'm fairly sure that's dead abs gaming desktops oh whoa hallway hey ho, hold on a second doesn't look dead it doesn't have his own website anymore but it looks like abs uh, is a thing still. still being sold through Newegg. Yeah. How about that? All right. Well, it shows you shows you what I know. They tried to stop it, but the ABS kicked in. Uh... Wait, no, no. Hold on. No, that would just stop it faster. Darn it. Okay. Uh, wait. How can I salvage this? Nope. I think we're done here. Um, <laughs> so Anthony put a note on the dock that says, "I'm not sure who at the warehouse would have thought it was appropriate to ship a card loose like that." Yeah. Let me fill you in on a little something, Anthony. I'm generalizing a little bit here, and I, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in in this, especially this climate, that are probably brilliant people who care a lot and are stuck in a dead end job in a warehouse. But there's also a lot of people working in a warehouse because, quite frankly, they don't have either the cares or the mental fortitude to do pretty much anything else. Um, I remember watching someone off of at least four rungs up an A-frame ladder grab a box, an entire master carton of optical drives, and toss it down onto the concrete floor instead of carrying it down. I saw that happen, and I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like someone, someone said in the chat, minimum wage, minimum effort, and like... Yeah, it's not. There's also people a great that, to have if you want to rise up. Yeah, but, like I, I think that that type of approach is taken a lot, and like having worked those types of jobs, as as I think most of us have, uh, you definitely see a lot of it. And like, not my problem is another big one that's going to be pushed. So yep. like, if they're told to ship this thing and it comes down the line, it doesn't have a box. I suspect a lot of the approach is going to yep. be like, well, I got to fill my orders. Yep. Well, part of the, okay. So I, I agree with you that in condemning minimum wage, minimum effort, absolutely. Because a lot of what we look for in people is very strong passion for what they're doing. And we love rewarding that. Absolutely love it. The problem though, is that not every company has that attitude. 
And so yeah, aside sure. from like, so, so, so yes, hundred percent condemn minimum wage, minimum effort, but that's a systemic problem where people are basically reduced to the quota that they're supposed to fill and essentially, you know, treated like, like, okay, like you can't expect an employee to view the relationship as anything other than transactional, right? Like you can't yeah. expect them yeah. to see anything other than the paycheck if you don't see anything other than the number of widgets they stuff in a box and kick out the door. That's your problem. Yeah. You, you, there's no relationship. So you can't be like, look, you need to you need to value the company and care about the company and care about the customer. Now, I don't give a f- about the customer. Like w- what's the customer ever done for me? The customer pays you. They don't pay me, so I can see where this where this attitude can come from if you are creating a culture, like a work culture of only valuing output. And the, the problem is like, I see it from both sides. I really do. Like I worked at a, a volume business e-tail organization for years. And now I'm on the other side of it, working as the boss of an organization of three dozen plus people. And, you know, from my perspective, the only thing you guys got to understand this, the only thing that pays our bills and pays our staff's paychecks is views. That's it. At the end of the day, everything else is derived from views. So where do views come from? From videos. So we have quotas, like we have targets. You guys ever noticed that Linus Tech Tips uploads a video every day, come hell or high water? You ever noticed TechWiki uploads a video once every two to four days, or excuse me, three to four days, two videos per week, come hell or high water? You notice TechLink goes up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, regardless of whether it's a vacation day or whatever the case may be. To be clear, those people do get the time off, just not on that day. We schedule around it. The, the point is that that ain't an accident. You have to have quotas. You just also have to make sure that people see the value of their work and the value of themselves in ways that aren't just money or it's always going to be purely transactional and you can expect to get out exactly what you put in. Um, and from the flip side, you know, as long as you're putting in exactly what you feel like you're being paid for, me, I as an employer will never give you more. With that said, a lot of employers will never give you more regardless. So I can see where a lot of that jaded attitude yeah. absolutely comes from. 100%. Uh, the funny and thing especially is... Especially when yeah. you've been working that job for like an obscenely long amount of time or something. Because I know like yep. from my experience, what I would say is like I got a lot of opportunities and a lot of jobs and stuff very early on. Like especially when I was working at like Best Buy and stuff. I'm talking like real early on. Yeah. Um, by like pushing really hard to try to do well. Um, I had, I had customers try to hire me on the spot. Like I, like there was like, because usually people in those positions just don't care. Yep. So if you try to show that you do care, your, your fellow employees years down the line might be in a position where they need someone and they might remember you and they might want to bring you up. That's not always going to be the situation. You might be in a situation yep. where there isn't a single person you work with that you would ever want to call you up down the line. Yep and etc and you might be stuck in a dead-end job forever where your boss doesn't care etc etc i've got an example of that um so the the guy who does the fulfillment for lttstore.com lttstore.com is actually one of the old warehouse guys from ncix so he broke off he started up his own thing and 
he just like reached out randomly and was like, hey, bro, just letting you know, like I'm doing this. Got no idea if this is relevant. At the time it wasn't. And I was like, sweet, dude. I remember working with you. You're sweet. You're awesome. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we, we like, I think we like cut it off with Teespring or something like that. Cause something made me mad or something. And, <laughs> and, um, I was like, Hey, we, we, you know what, we're just going to take everything in house. And I don't mean in house directly in our house, but we're going to, we're going to take control over, you know, how we handle our merge. And uh, we called them up and we basically figured out if we could integrate Shopify with their system and we could. And all of a sudden, you know, they are shipping thousands of packages a month for us. And it's like, that is not insignificant amounts of money anymore. So he turned a positive impression with a former coworker into it's a thing, man. A revenue stream. It's seriously a thing. Yeah. So never underestimate the power of networking, basically, is sort of one of the lessons here. Um, another another thing I would say, as I don't know why we're on this topic for so long, but another thing I would say, having uh, done this myself, is it, like until you're a boss, there's going to be a lot of things that you do that you think are like clever or fine or whatever, and then you end up figuring out down the line that you're just a super douche. <laughs> Linus is just smiling. Who, who are you talking about, Luke? me i'm talking about me uh 100 i've done so much stuff that like oh my god i don't know how you still talk to me at all i there's things that like i'll i'll be like trying to fall asleep and i know this is like a meme but you're like trying to fall asleep and then your brain's just like hey remember that thing you did and you're just like oh god there's so many of those things try to reduce those things you know for, for your own sake and whoever is your current boss because oh my god I was, I was having, so I was having like, uh, I don't remember why I was like reflecting on, you know, my past, you know, my life, uh, a little while back, but I, there's this person in high school that I was always just mean to for no reason, no reason whatsoever. I was just, I, I think the thing that made me think of it this particular time was I read a tweet that I don't know how credible it was or whatever, but I read a tweet from someone who claims to know someone who claims to have gone to high school with me and that I was a douche. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people who wouldn't have agreed with that sentiment. And there's even more people who would have been like, minus who? Um, <laughs> I was not, I was not popular or anything. Um, but there was like at least a couple of people who I was like, yeah, I would have absolutely deserved that description. And what I decided to do was, because it was something that had come up with me, um, like that I had thought of a lot of times, is I was like, it has been 15 years, but I'm going to look them up on Facebook and I'm going to be like, hey, sorry about that. And it was actually one of the most, like, I realize it's like kind of selfish of me to even think about it this way, to think about it in terms of like, how much it helped me because obviously it wasn't about me but i felt so much better like it was it was crazy this is someone i haven't seen in 15 years had really no relationship to speak of with them even when i did know them because like obviously we didn't hang out um but i was just like hey i don't even know if you remember me but if you do it's probably not great and i'm really sorry 
And they were like, yeah, I remember you. And no, it wasn't. And, uh, but she was like, it's okay. You know, we were all, we were all dumb kids and, uh, I forgive you. And I was like, wow, you are super cool. And if you were always that cool, then I feel even worse. Um, I don't know if she was always that cool, but I think, I think one of the biggest things for me growing up, like my, my tastes haven't changed much. The things I like doing for fun haven't changed much. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I think I'm young at heart in a lot of ways, but I think probably the main one is that I like consider the actual ramifications and the actual impact on other people of my actions more. Cause I think I didn't do that very much in the past. You're a boundary pusher, which is, I think why I have such a soft spot for you. I, I, I recognize it. And I, I have a lot of patience for it because I see my own path in it. Um, and, you know, I like to think that at some point, you know, everyone kind of wakes up and goes, hey, you know, when the point of, you know, making a request, for example, hey, can I expense this pack of gummy bears or whatever, whatever it is, the point is not whether the other person will say yes or no. The point is whether I should ask in the first place. Yeah. And like, you know, that can have such an impact on a relationship. And, and you I, won't necessarily know a lot of the time and stuff too. Yeah. No, and no, you don't know. And a lot of not knowing is just not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and the gummy bear example, I don't think was actually Luke, by the way. That was that was someone else. They know who they are. Um, did you ever try an expense candy? I I never intentionally did. I think a receipt might have gone through at one point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, like, you know, we we we've all we were a very small company at the time, and so it was like we tried to kind of focus on essentials. Like, I would never buy bottled water at an airport. You know, like I would make sure I carry a water bottle so I can fill it at the water fountain and carry it onto the plane. And like, so you know, I tried yeah, I used to, to have a I used to have a camel pack, and I would like steal water anywhere I could that I knew was like fresh and good and fill my camel pack so I wouldn't have to buy bottles. Anyway, sorry. Like at CES and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like I tried to lead by example. So for me, part of it was just like, this is like, it would disappoint me when people kind of didn't get it. Um, I did see, I did see a, a comment in the chat. Linus was a bully, LOL. I never really had the kind of clout or influence to be a bully. I would probably describe it more as small dog syndrome. Like I was always kind of underfoot. And so I would lash out at people um, who I, I wouldn't even describe them as like lower down the totem pole than me even. Like it was just, I guess I, I would lash out at people sometimes who I didn't think would fight back. Like I was not always very nice. And that is... Definitely the textbook case of a bully, but I wasn't by any stretch like a like a career bully. I mostly just minded my own business. Um, there were just some some mistakes that I absolutely made. Uh, very 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 poor 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 judgment. Um, and yeah, it was just it, it was lame. And I feel better now. We we had some small talk. You know, she's got kids now. I got kids. Got that common ground. Um, you know, we're not going to be besties or anything, obviously, but it was, it was definitely, it was definitely helpful. Yeah. I just hope like, you know, and like as a parent, I just hope my kids don't have to do that, but they will, they'll probably be. I was going to say, I think they, mistakes. I think 
a lot of it's part of just like growing up and staking out your territory and stuff like yeah and and you can't like understand properly that that's like really not a way to treat people until you've done that if that makes sense like i i was never a bully i don't think there's a single person from my school that would call me a bully but i was also really big compared to other people and never really understood that very well so every once in a while i would like do something thinking it was like funny and then someone would get like hurt and i'd be like holy shit, i didn't mean to do that i'm sorry <laughs> yeah there was only one time that you really scared me that i can think of i don't know maybe there was more than once but there was definitely one time one time you really scared the pants off me what when? i don't forget what i did i don't forget what i did i did something to you whether it was like spraying you in the face with a water gun or something but it was in the back alley behind the old house that we used to work out of and i got it in my head that my my strat to get away from you because i had a pretty good head start my strat to get away was i was going to scale the fence which i thought you'd probably have more difficulty than me getting over and then i would be able to go hide that was pretty much my thought process so i did something to you and then booked it and you caught up to me so fast and were, I think you pulled me down off the fence or something like that. And I was like, huh? So if I ever actually crossed this guy, he would not only take down my website, delete my YouTube channel. He could probably also kill me pretty quickly. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I think more CEOs should work shoulder to shoulder with their staff who are much bigger than them. It might give them less of a God complex. Okay. Yeah. I'm like usually the big guy in the room and then we have a meetup and I figure out that not one, but two of my employees are bigger than I like Jaden's taller than me. And then Jonathan is actually a giant. Jaden's a stick though. No I offense, Jaden. <laughs> i think you could take him poor poor jaden all Jayden. right all right we should uh we should continue talking about nvidia's nvidia's disappointment here all right so if that yes. weren't enough nvidia's store website has been found leaking personal information upon realizing this nvidia closed the store page in question while they tried to figure out what's going on oof then making matters worse third-party rtx 3080s from the likes of um MSI, Zotac, and EVGA have been, apparently, users of our own forum have been experiencing crashes. No, not the LinusTechTips.com users. No. Wow, this is like a five-page thread and stuff. Dang. Okay. Um, so the issue appears to show up in certain groups of games when the boost clock exceeds two gigahertz. Early observations show that once clocks reach a certain speed, the game crashes to desktop like clockwork. Ha ha ha, got him. There's currently no official statement from any board partner, but Computerbase has confirmed that they are in contact with the manufacturers and have been unable to reproduce the issue themselves. It's not clear why it's happening with speculation around power supplies, software, or driver bugs, or even aggressive factory overclocks from board partners trying to compete with Founders Edition. Now, I'm actually kind of tempted. Where's my... Where the crap is my phone? I'm kind of tempted to give Anthony a call because he was actually having some crashing issues with our first 3080. And I think that he it was either just that game never got working or he might have actually resolved it by uh, switching power supplies, even though theoretically the power supply we had had ample capacity for the RTX 3080. Let me just get him on the line while I run through 
Uh, a couple more notes here. So Igor's lab said it's plausibly a result of power filtering design variation for the GPU's die. Hey, Anthony, you're on WAN show. Uh, is, is that cool? Are you like off work right now or what? I mean, I'm in the car, but it's okay. Okay, he's in the car, so uh, right, that's good. Um, so, sorry, sorry, I had to get that in there. Let me let me just turn up the. Vo oh, sorry, I'm bumping the mic. Let me turn up the volume a little bit, so I don't have to have you quite so close, close to the mic. Okay, so hey, Anthony, did we ever figure out why our uh, thirty eighty founders was crashing at first uh, when you were working on the review? Uh, I'm trying to think now. It was a rough why week for him. <laughs> yeah, a rough couple of weeks. I mean, the Nvidia. Back to back, yeah. Anyway, um, I think it was the memory speed on the CPU. Okay, so that was causing the problem. So, so not probably related to the crashing to desktop that people are seeing. Probably not, though. We okay. did have that uh, power supply thing with 850 watt. Yeah, where theoretically uh, 850 watts is lots, especially for a 3080, and yet here we are. Yeah. Apparently, it's something to do with the transient response and the power supply, uh, overcurrent protection tripping, yada, yada, et cetera. Et cetera. Got it. All right, yeah. cool. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you. Take care. Later. Um, all right. So blah, blah, blah. So monolithic conductive polymer tantalum solid capacitors are being used more often on the boards that have been implicated, which is interesting. So, so far... Crash-free are Asus and NVIDIA's Founders Editions, and they use groups of smaller multi-layer ceramic chip capacitors, or a mix of both. Um, Igor's lab indicates that NLCCs offer better filtering. So uh, users on Reddit are, of course, compiling lists of cards with MLCC groups versus POS caps, but that probably doesn't tell the whole story. J from J's Two Cents. He's an okay guy, I guess. Reported that electronics engineers on Reddit are cautioning against oversimplifying the problem here. Each type of capacitor has their pros and cons, and the only inherent difference between the two um, that might be relevant at the moment is that POS caps perform worse at high frequencies, and cards that use POS caps could have other filtering down the line before they get to the GPU to compensate anyway. So it's a developing story. If you've got one that crashes, um, don't like or no so if you've got one don't check your gpu and get mad you've got pos caps it could be fine but that's not the only third-party problem either some board partners have also been accused of selling slower cards at the same price as founders editions in order to differentiate their higher end SKUs that they can sell for more womp 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 so this was posted by Spartaman64 over on the forum. And one of the examples was the Zotac 3080 Trinity model. That is, uh, that is pretty rough. The card is designed to perform worse than Founders Edition, so Zotac could differentiate it from the higher-end models they're planning to put out. I mean... Funky. Huh. By the way, there's been some comments about this. I am sure he was on a hands-free device, probably a like answer call through your steering wheel thing. I'm sure he wasn't holding his phone to his head. Oh, Anthony, Anthony gets a ride from his SO. Oh, there you go. Passenger yeah. seat. Yeah, so. there's there's no way he was driving. I like actually right. know that for a fact. <laughs> you know far far too much about uh, about a lot. Like it's funny you like. I had like dinner with like Pella's parents at one point. Like it's like weird because <laughs> especially in our business of making videos that a lot of the time are about telling personal stories, we end up telling the personal stories of my staff 
because eventually I run out of personal stories about me. Um, so we were making a video about uh, whether a tinfoil hat would actually like block your brain waves. Oh yeah. And as it happens, Pella's mom is something of an enthusiast when it comes to that stuff. So we drove over to the island and she had like all this gear for like measuring it, like RF, like ambient RF and like all this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, this, this is crazy. This is great. Um, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, I've had dinner with Jaden, his mom. See, it just kind of happens, right? I think smaller companies, you, you just kind of, you become, yeah, you're a little bit more entwined. I kind of miss it sometimes, you know? Like we're at the point now where we're big enough that the only reason that I know anything about like one of our new editors, Nicole, is because I've been desperate for a ride home a couple times and she happens to go my way. And like, the, it's the funny because like, I don't have like, the close relationship with her that I'd feel like I could just be like, hey, yo, I need a ride. Like if it was you, and it's like 20 minutes out of your way. I'd just be like, you know, it. Luke, I need a ride. <laughs> like, let's go, bro. Um, Whereas that's someone that like is kind of relatively new here. And I always feel like as CEO, um, I, I, I need to be so careful what I ask people, what I ask of people, because if I ask them to do me a personal favor and they feel like their professional position working under me makes it so they can't say no, I could accidentally cause someone to like, you know, miss an important family event or something because I just like needed a ride when it honestly wasn't that urgent because I could have just borrowed the work truck. I just didn't want to drive in separately the next morning. So it would be nice if I could get a ride. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to put people in a position where they feel, you know, burdened. But then the flip side of it is without those personal interactions, just like, you know, driving in the car together, you're never going to get to know the person. So how do you fix that when the company gets bigger and bigger? I don't know. Sorry, this is like very off topic. It's just sort of sort of related to what we were talking about earlier. I have no idea. I, I don't have the viewer like chart open right now. I have no idea if people find this interesting. Apparently they do. So there you go. We're going to stay the course, boys. Um, but yeah, I just don't really have a solution to that. Like Luke and I worked shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip for wow, over a long time. Yeah, like a couple years before I was ever even his boss formally like i was like sort of his boss but also like we both worked for the man at that time so yeah. there's already this like camaraderie that that exists um whereas the bigger we get the more separated i am from everything like i don't even i don't even interview people anymore people literally start their first day at linus media group now and i have never exchanged a word with them and so it's like kind of awkward a little bit because i'm not used to it yeah, for sure. I would I would be very not used to that as well. And it's going to be weird, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you haven't Hopefully been to the office to, for six months. It would be You wouldn't recognize. To me. Yeah, yeah, it would be extremely foreign to like, me. Like, have you even and I'm, met... I'm assuming people have moved and stuff, too, like desk locations. Like, Oh, yeah, everyone's all over the place. Like, yeah, so you, it would be very weird. Have you even met Nicole? I don't think, no, I don't think okay. so. Okay, do you remember Hoffman from his first stint? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
He's uh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The point is that the RTX 3090 launch reviews ended up being pretty underwhelming to many, with performance high, but not in line with the extra cost. And there's a bunch of other notes here, but can I start by saying, was anybody surprised by this? Like uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I've just gotten jaded. Maybe that's why I didn't, you know, ream on this enough in our review. Because what you all, what you guys see when you see a GPU review is you see Anthony's testing and his script after he and I have spent, in some cases, as little as 20 minutes, and in other cases, as much as a couple of hours going through and adjusting it and analyzing and discussing and changing the flow and, and, and editing it. That's what you guys see. And between the two of us, neither of us, again, maybe we're just so cynical now that we're just like, well, yeah, of course the top tier one costs some ungodly amount of money that nobody can afford. Maybe we're just so jaded, so cynical that we just didn't even think to complain about it because what were you expecting? NVIDIA yeah. was very clear that RTX 3080 is the top of the line. And RTX 3090 is this because we can product. Like, look at the thing. It's only 20% faster and yet draws up to 500 watts at peak. They are clearly absolutely pushing the limit of their engineering just because they can. Who was expecting it to be bang for the buck? Who? Where are you? Stand up so I can slap you. Like, what, what did you think was going to happen? Luke, were you expecting the 3090 to be a great value? Uh, I was highly concerned about the card in general, I guess, because I, I and they, they kind of did it again. But I, I had remembered when they were talking about performance numbers and they're being yep. very vague with them. And they were actually talking about specifically the VR performance numbers. But they didn't really disclose that. Mm -hmm. And this time around, they didn't disclose that super clearly. Yeah. And this time around, they did the same thing. And it was like, yeah, okay, cool. And I tried to call that out and people were like, no, dude. No, there's no way. Okay, this is great. This is great. Half Empty Mug says they marketed a workstation card to gamers. Do you remember the 690? Do, Do you remember, remember the 690? Like, remember the 690? So many of okay, so 690. 690 is really funny because Nvidia explicitly said in the keynote, "This is not a card for gamers." And then, and then, do you know what they did? They had banners on Newegg.com, okay, that were like the ultimate card for gaming. How dare they? You know what the cold hard truth is? NVIDIA's marketing, as far as I can tell, is as much about what people want them to say as it is about what's actually relevant. Because the fact of the matter is, the kind of customer I have talked, I have spoken, not just spoken with, I have got, this is really funny. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I have gone to the houses of these kinds of customers because that was, I, I, I gave NCIX way too much value for their money. Like thinking back to it, I had a customer that bought one of our very, very high-end water-cooled systems and he had some kind of problem with it. And literally without the company even knowing I was doing, with it, doing it, which I'm sure is like a problem in some way or other, I literally got in my car drove to his house, fixed it, 
and then like went home at the end of the day. Like I went in the evening and like fixed his computer and then went home. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, um, where was I going with this? Shoot. Right. So the point is I have spoken to these customers. So the kinds of people there's, there's, there's only one kind of person that buys a product like this. There's the kind, or there's two kinds of people. There's the kinds that like just want the absolute best performance. So someone who is really after every competitive edge where 20% different performance basically means 20% faster frame times. Sign me up. I'll take it. That's number one. Those are pretty rare. Those are pretty rare. Number two is the one is the same kind of person who shows up at the car dealership, doesn't even ask what all the different packages are, and is basically like, I don't even want to talk about it unless it's a fully loaded model. You know what I mean? I want the one with all the features. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what those features are. I, I don't know. I might need it someday. I don't want to have that stress in my life that maybe I missed out on some feature that I might have liked to use and I can afford to not have that stress. Take my money. I'll pick it up and whenever I'll pick it up tomorrow because uh, you'll have it ready because I just bought the fully loaded model and that's how I swagger. That's the other kind. And those are the kinds of people to whom, you know, the difference between a $700 graphics card and a $1,500 graphics card is frankly not that much. Because think about it this way. They already bought the Threadripper, whatever, $2,000 CPU and the $700 motherboard and the $1,000 worth of high-speed memory and the $800 power supply. They are already spending five grand on this system. So let's do some real fun math here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do some real fun math. If I'm already spending $5,000, what is another... What what is that? What does that work out to? Eight hundred? Is that is that fifteen fifteen hundred dollars for the uh, for the thirty ninety? So eight hundred divided by five thousand dollars. Wow, sixteen percent. So when you're already spending that kind of money, well, sixteen percent for another fifteen to twenty percent performance uplift. It's a no brainer. It's just a completely different class of system. That's the thing that people are trying to wrap their brains around and not really realizing, I think, is that for that customer, it does make sense. And you can say it's still too expensive and that's fine, which is why NVIDIA has more than one product. Go buy something else. That's just the way that it is. The yields on that card are definitely going to be lower. The cost, the R&D that went into creating that card in the first place, given that it's going to be a lower volume model, is going to be proportionally higher on a per card basis. And there's the fact that this is NVIDIA. If they think they can charge more for it, they will. What did you think was going to happen? There. That's my thought on it. I will now look at my notes and see what I was supposed to say. Any thoughts, Luke? It seems like you've been working on something over there. Is there is there a crisis or are we a little okay? bit? No, there's something cool. Oh, okay. Uh, Oat Plane Chat has pop out now. <gasps> Finally, it was, it was updated, and it it now works. You might have to refresh the page. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, but, cool. Yeah. All right, now I can use that when I'm doing my VR streams. I hope if I ever get them working again. Um, 
All right, so let me have a look at what I was supposed to say. So workstation performance was crippled thanks to NVIDIA locking off Titan driver optimizations on the 3090, directing users to buy a Titan or a Quadro instead, despite having introduced the card as Titan class. That was lame, and we called them out for that. I didn't like that either. Uh, this only compounded... This is only compounded by the leaked 20 gig version of the RTX 3080, um, uh, which in our testing and by NVIDIA's only own admission is only 10 to 15% slower than the 3090, making that card's main advantage, which is its 24 gigs of memory, much less appealing for those who can wait a little while. Like we're planning to upgrade our workstations. We were running into problems with our previous uh, 2080 supers that just running out of VRAM. The editors are running out of video memory. And we actually had planned to go uh, Quadro P6000. So we were going to go, because they have 24 gigs of RAM, which is what we found is a really good sweet spot for some of the work that we do. And that was going to be a pretty significant compute performance hit. That's like two generations. So hold on a second. We got our Turing. We got our Pascal. We got our uh, Volta. We got, uh, yeah, so we're going all, oh, wait, no, that's Turing. Bloody hell. Ampere, Turing, uh, Volta, and then all the way to Pascal. So that's four generations old at this point. Um, but yeah, if we could just go RTX 3080, that would be great. That'd be freaking awesome. We were planning to go 3090, but we might not have to. Uh, in fact, actually, oh, apparently we're just pivoting to, we're talking about the leaked card. So Galax has leaked their own 20 gig variant along with RTX 3060 as shown in a photograph of a Galax company meeting in China. Oh, this is terrific. Here we go. Here we go, saying? ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 3090, 3080, 20 gig, 3080, 10 gig, PG142 SKU zero. What is that? 3070 and 3060. I am so jazzed for 3070 and 3060. Like, look at this. A 3060 class card that they're expecting to be in line with RTX 2080. Like, what? That's like, pretty fantastic. Yeah, like that could be a like 399, like 349 even card. Should I should I hope for 299? Probably not. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be 349. I feel like they're trying to move away from that, but that would be very yeah, cool. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 349. Um all right, and so some people are are mad because you know the high high memory versions of those other cards would eat into the RTX 3090's market position for all but 8K gaming, which is only possible on a few optimized titles unless you use DLSS 2.0. Uh, I mean, the thing about the whole 8K gaming thing is like it's in the same, it's along the same lines as something like RTX last time around, where it's capable of it. But yes, you're asking for some stars to align in order to, to really have that experience. Personally, I found it absolutely exciting from, from just a technological standpoint. And yes, Doom Eternal is an extraordinarily, extraordinarily well-optimized game, but that doesn't mean it's not a pretty one. That gaming experience, particularly Doom Eternal, was unlike anything i have ever done and i have tried basically everything at this point so should we look at nvidia and say you guys are bad bad boys marketing this card as 8k gaming capable when what they have done is delivered a very powerful gpu with a ton of vram or should we turn to the game developers and say hey that game looks gorgeous and runs great at 8k 
Why doesn't yours? So it's a chicken and egg thing. Over the next few years, we might see better optimization of games because we're going to be targeting higher fidelity levels and higher resolutions for these next-gen consoles. And we might see, you know, speed bumps or like a next-gen, like an RTX 4000 series or whatever. And 8K gaming, 8K gaming might happen for real. But for now, I really don't think NVIDIA is actually expecting a ton of people to run out and buy the card for 8K gaming and go buy a $30,000 yeah. TV to go with it. I think for them, it was just a big flex because it's something no one else can do. And, you know, dang it, if I was if I was Jensen and I wanted to make a big flex, I think 8K gaming might be it. I if get have, it. If you have a marble stove, maybe you just got to do some stuff. Sometime. Yeah. Like, like I, I get it. I get it. I get why they did it. And I'm not mad about it, but I can see why people are mad about it. Because, yeah, it's like a big flex. But all those people who are upset that they feel misled, ask yourself this. Was it in, did it matter? Was it in any meaningful way? Were you going to buy one? Like I wouldn't even at my even at my peak of spending all of my disposable income on tech there was no way I would buy something like that the closest I ever got the closest I ever got was I bought two 7800 GTXs because I found them on Craigslist for an unbelievable deal from some guy who was like I'm kind of like sick of SLI I want to like try Crossfire for a bit so he was literally upgrading from two 7900 GTXs to two X1950 XTXs or something like that, or cross-grading. It's not even an upgrade at that point. Yeah, yeah. And he was getting rid of them for nothing because he just didn't feel like dealing with it. You can't give it away because then you get all the losers showing up and they like, they're just unreasonable flaky people whenever you like post something for free. So he posted it for cheap because that's when you get a serious buyer who's going to show up when they say they're going to show up and they don't waste your time. Um, so I show up, I buy these and like, I ran them for like two or three days. That was it because I was so paranoid that some new leak was going to come out or some new product was going to come out that was going to devalue them or something. Maybe he knew something I didn't know. And I needed to get rid of them because I had way too much money tied up in a part that was, I was worried was going to depreciate so fast. So yeah, I, uh, on, on like to jump back a little bit in yeah. terms of like, I wouldn't buy one of these personally, I am very happy with my current 1440 P monitor and feel no need to upgrade at exactly. all. Um, and like what, what is exciting about new cards is better frame rates at that resolution at better qualities. Uh, because I find like some really high fidelity games maintaining a minimum at 144 at maximum quality is still really freaking tough yeah need a little more grunt so like yeah i'll take the extra power for sure but like i don't i don't know i'm not i don't need that 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 memory buffer marge owen says yes it does matter what these companies do impacts the whole market not really this the, what buyers what customers buy impacts the market the reason RTX 3000 exists is because people didn't buy RTX 2000. That's why. It's all about what the market will bear. Nothing else actually matters. NVIDIA made a calculation that they were going to make this RTX 3090 card for millionaires and the maximum performance at any cost crowd. And you're mad because you were never the customer for it anyway. And all the people who were the customer for it, they do not give a shit. That's all there is to it. They're not mad. 
they don't care because to them and they have always marketed these cards like titans come yep. on yep titans were always marketed 8800 ultra 8800 ultra it's like 12 years ago or whatever how many years ago is that holy this crap. whole time, time they've been ago. like it's not for gamers but also, it's not for gamers, though. Unless you can, unless you have a $30,000 TV, boys. Yeah. That, yeah. that $30,000 TV. I'm kind of tempted to do a review of it. Should I do a review of it? Because I got a lot to say, actually. It's, sure. it's so ridiculous. Get this. Get this. We, we actually did it. Get this. You cannot wall mount it. It's $30,000 and it has less features than a $300 TV I could get at Walmart. You should just like troll them super hard and build a mount that comes over the wall, but you still sit it on it. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually kind of love it. Hex, it's like so patronizing. It's not my fault you needed to explain to you. I'm going to get canceled, aren't I? <laughs> Oh my God, we should totally mount it on the wall. Anyway, the thing is so ridiculous because it's the kind of product that only exists as like an art piece because anyone who can afford a $30,000 television clearly doesn't ask how much it costs. And honestly, they're not even buying it for the TV. They might not even watch it. They're probably too busy, you know, merging and taking over companies or doing whatever the crap else it is that they do. I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that never do anything. Okay, that's that's fair. <laughs> but but they wouldn't necessarily buy this one because it's like, as far as I can tell, it's intended to be more of an art piece. Like you can't you can't mount it properly. Like that's ridiculous. You know, me the 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 pragmatic guy. Like I look that TV is sitting in our studio. I actually I. I we're supposed to send it back to NVIDIA? I actually don't know. I actually don't know what the plan is for that TV. Nick arranged the whole thing. But I, I didn't even ask if I could take it home. Where the heck would I put it? It's 88 inches and it doesn't wall mount. It has to sit on the ground. The stand's not even high enough to be at a comfortable viewing height. Like it's <laughs> obviously just a flex. No one's buying that for like the the viewing experience. Like if you have if you have the, that kind of money and you are actually an enthusiast, you're actually an enthusiast. You're pulling an anon from 10, 15 years ago, and you are building like a room, like a home theater room, and you are either going very high end projector or more realistically these days, you're going with something like a Samsung the Wall. Like that is crazy stuff. And you're spending yeah. like, you know, half a million, million dollars on it. Like by the time you can spend 30 grand on a TV, what's half a million dollars? Who cares? What's the difference? Uh, Firestorm says, Linus, you're not being fair to some of us. Answer me this. If you did video production and can't afford a brand new RTX Quadro 6000, would you buy the RTX 3090 or the RTX Titan? It's a no brainer. I would buy the 3090 because from that perspective, it's actually a great value. But then why are you mad? What are you even talking about? It absolutely stomps all over those previous options for that particular workload. Now, I can see people being mad about the fact that RTX 3080 with 20 gigs of RAM is coming, but that ain't new either. There's always a new product coming that's going to devalue the why one you they, have. 
Why are they? Oh, that's why they're mad. I was yeah. gonna ask why they're mad. Because they don't yeah, want to. I don't think that's reasonable either. Because of what you just said, there's always a new product coming. There's always an early adopter tax. Of course. That's why they launched the high-end one first. That's like saying, oh, people who buy the RTX 3080 should be upset because there's going to be an RTX 3070. Of course there is. People who buy the RTX 3070 should be mad because there's going to be an RTX 4000 series. Of course there is. What do you guys if want? If you bought a 1080, there was a 1080 Ti coming down the line. That's the game. You don't like the game? Don't play the game. Go home. Take your ball. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. There are ways to navigate this ecosystem, but you have to take it upon yourself. You have to be an educated consumer. That's how, as a student, I was able to have a baller gaming rig because I never actually lost money on it. I spent money, but it was cumulative. I would buy things for cheap. I would sell them for more. I'd build systems for people on the side. I'd put that money back into my hobby and while, yes, I did own like a $2,000 like sick rig or whatever, that was money that had like kind of cycled through multiple parts over and over and over again. So I was at worst losing, you know, 5% on an upgrade from one gen to the next gen. And that means you have to constantly be watching the rumors, watching the news, reading the reviews, really knowing not just the cost of the products, but the value of the products. That's why you would never buy, you know, something that you think is going to depreciate too much because, hey, Something new could come out, and then you just got owned. It's like the same so as, yeah. 1080 Ti versus 1080 is not comparable to 20 gigabyte model versus 10 gigabyte model. You're right. I was just talking about there's a new product coming down the line, which was yeah. the current statement, actually. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? All right. Let's, uh, should we actually talk about, oh my goodness, we haven't even talked about our sponsors. We've talked about almost nothing. Yeah, well, yes and no. That was like, like kind of very extensively one topic. Three topics in one. And also That's we, true. That's we, fair. We reflected. We reflected on our we younger selves. A lot. Ridge yes. wallet. And reflect reflect on that. Stop carrying pointless items around in your pocket, like receipts, old hotel room keys, and spent gift cards like anyone goes to a hotel anymore. Ridge wallet helps you carry less. <laughs> They use two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together, but still easily accessible. They're RFID blocking. They offer a lifetime guarantee, and they're available in aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium. They don't just sell wallets. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And you can use offer code Linus to save 10% at ridgewallet.com slash Linus. Also brought to you by the Steel Series Rival 3 Wireless. It offers 400 hours off of a single charge with their Quantum Wireless 2.0 built in for nearly zero latency. They, uh, it's got 2.4 gigahertz and Bluetooth operating modes with switches that are rated for 60 million clicks. I swear to you, this like switch uh, actuations marketing has gotten out of hand. Who clicks a mouse 60 million times? You gotta like, you're gonna need a new finger before you need a new mouse. It's made with hyper durable materials and you can save up to five custom profiles on the mouse itself with each one having different settings for games and RGB and all that good stuff. So go to steelseries.com and check out the Rival 3 wireless today. Finally, the show is brought to you by Vessi Footwear. Thanks, Vessi Footwear. You guys make super light shoes that are comfortable and water resistant. You can walk around in almost any terrain while keeping your feet dry. And they just announced, well, not that recently, but their new weekend shoe. They have a look that fits almost all occasions. And actually, a lot of people at the office are wearing them because Vessi just like sent like a gigantic thing of shoes. And people were like, oh, cool, free stuff. Um, <laughs> But then the fact that they're still wearing them seems to indicate that they're 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 pretty decent. So get twenty five dollars yeah. each pair with offer code WANSHOW at vessi.com slash 
Wancho. All right. What do you what what other what what topic do you want to do? You want to do Microsoft buy Zenimax for seven and a half billion? Yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. Hit me, hit me, tell me about it. The first thing that I want to go into is the seven point five billion number, because like at a certain at a certain value, I think people's brains just go like, "Eh, it's a lot, whatever. Yeah, but it's like actually a gargantuan number like something that got brought up this is not original research by me i saw this on a tweet i think was was someone was looking at disney's acquisitions in comparison to this pixar in 2006 cost disney less to buy than zenimax wow that's kind of mind-blowing marvel in 2009 cost disney uh, a little over half of what Zenimax cost. Marvel was so Pixar was 7.4 billion, technically below. Marvel was 4 billion. Lucasfilm in 2012 was also 4 billion. Can you imagine if Microsoft had bought Lucasfilm? But like at this rate they could have bought Marvel and Lucasfilm for like barely more than they bought Zenimax. Like what they would you rather own, Marvel and like Star Wars or Zenimax? That kind of seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Right? Like this, like this price is huge. And like I, I don't know, maybe there was a bidding war going on or something. I have no idea. But like that's a monstrous. I mean, it's price. not like these aren't hugely influential intellectual properties. We're talking Bethesda Software. Sure. So there's your Elder Scrolls, your Fallout, ID Software. Got your Doom, Quake, and Rage. Arcane Studios, so that's Dishonored and Prey, Machine Games, Wolfenstein, and more. And this grows the number of in-house Xbox game development studios to 23, up from 15. That is huge. Like it's it's massive. They're a massive acquisition. It's just it's just like 7.5 billion is a lot of money. That's just that it's like wow. And like it really bought them something amazing, which is there's been so, and like, this isn't going to change that necessarily, but there's been so much talk about like, oh, well, the PlayStation has the good exclusives. And yes, uh, the exclusives that were coming from ZeniMax to the PlayStation, that is all, yep. Microsoft is not messing with those agreements. That is all going to still yep. be honored. So Deathloop like, and Ghostwire Tokyo are both going to be timed exclusives for Sony. But Microsoft is just like, I don't know, they're muscling up. Om like, this, nom, this nom, is, nom, this nom. is huge. Yeah. Like, it's all fine and good to be able to negotiate exclusives with independent developers, but if there are no independent developers left, you basically have to be Nintendo. And at what point does Microsoft just go, you know, joint can buy Nintendo? No, that's, they probably couldn't. Nintendo has so much. Yeah. How would you even buy Nintendo's bank account? Like, how much cash yeah. does Nintendo <laughs> have on hand? I, uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. I'm also really, really hoping, because, like, when I was a younger me, Bethesda was my favorite developer. How, how, how about like, now? How about now? Not so much. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> not so much. The state of Elder Scrolls, they've been releasing the same damn game for like nine years, which is obscene. Like there, there was decently large release gaps between their previous games because they made giant games in the Elder Scrolls series. But now yeah. it's just huge and unreasonable. And then Fallout 76 was just absolute trash like just terrible game they literally gave it out for free because no one was buying it because it was so garbage like 
hopefully a new owner can light some fire under their buns. I'm just, and also Obsidian and Bethesda having the same parent company. And this has been pointed out a million times as well, but that is super cool because we could be looking for like new Obsidian Fallout game, mm, mm-hmm. which is awesome because Fallout New Vegas was great. Um, Nintendo, yeah, this is, this Nintendo has over 11 billion cash on hand in case you were wondering. <laughs> That's actually just so amazing. Like that's like uh, let the, that's like let's just make our own theme park money, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Is... Hey, hey. Okay, I know. I know. I say stuff like this sometimes, and some I don't always follow through. We haven't watched Star Wars together at all yet, yeah. but I'm gonna say this now. We're gonna go to Nintendo Land together once this lockdown crap is over. All right. I'm so down. Let's do it. Absolutely. We're going to Japan. Yeah. All right beautiful i yeah japan was we were there for an extremely short period i don't know if you've gone back but no i haven't that was it yeah we were there for an extremely short period of time and that was one of my favorite trips i've ever done in my life it was sweet we were there for like 36 hours or something hey we made the most of it we did (laughs) got that got that ramen (laughs) i recently showed someone i don't even remember why but i showed someone the omron tour video and I had forgotten until I brought it up, but I remembered like the state in which we filmed that. Ed video. was so drunk. <laughs> it was bad. And none of the rest of us All knew how to over. operate the camera. <laughs> like. Oh, geez. That was, that was quite the trip. It was absolutely horrible. Like, man, I, the way that guy used to drink, I'm glad he still, you know, works, is alive to work here. Um, sorry, Ed, I, maybe this isn't something you would have had me talk. I don't think he cares, but, um, uh, he That's was why I only the state of the video, but yeah. yeah, well, okay. To be clear. Okay. Hold on a second. I should clarify. It wasn't like, it wasn't an all the time thing. It was a, when no. we traveled thing. So he was, a, was free. yeah, when it was free. Wow. Did he ever put it away? Like <laughs> unbelievable. Our first CES, he would pass out drunk. At when we'd get back to our hotel room at like two in the morning, he would... it was always off hours and stuff too. And we yeah. had actually, I think we had forgotten about that video, which yeah. is why we filmed it when he was in that state. Yeah. He, he would, he would wake up like an hour and a half later, edit for like two oh. hours, like in like a, what's it called? Like a fugue state and then <laughs> sleep for another two hours. And we'd be up at six in the morning, hitting the show floor. He did it the entire week. I'm pretty sure that old man, Ed, who is the the current Ed, I'm pretty sure he would die if he tried to replicate what he did at CES 2013. I think a lot of us would, to be completely fair. Um, Yeah, me too. Some of the stuff we used to do, I I don't think I'd be physically capable of anymore. Like like the original original, uh, Titan launch. We made like eight videos about one card in like days. Yeah, and the amount of, yeah. I did not really sleep that whole week. And I just, yeah. Like I, I try every once in a while, something will happen where like I need to be on it for an extremely large amount of hours in a row. And they're strenuous now. And yeah. back then it was just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I don't really care. I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to have some fine. instant noodles. Yeah, like, sure. Whatever. Yeah. And now like I'll wake up in the morning and I'm genuinely sick and like I'm, I'm paying for it. But, yep. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is actually... I'm excited, and this wouldn't normally excite me, but I think the reason why I'm excited is I feel like 
especially Bethesda, which is my favorite one out of this. I haven't been way too into the Wolfenstein games as of late. Yeah. Dishonored was really cool. Last couple um, Doom games have been pretty cool. Yeah, that's very true. The Do- So Doom and the Bethesda games are the ones that I care about in that mix. But um, I'm I'm really hoping that Bethesda gets some, gets some fire under them. Um, and, I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried that effectively what's going to happen is the same thing that Amazon is doing to uh, retail is you're going to you're going to lose out on the 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 spice of life that is the the variety that comes from a from a healthy and diverse ecosystem. And I feel like, you know, as much as acquiring companies claim that they they always release a statement like this, you know, uh, you know, we we love everything about what they're doing. It's, it's so great that we're not going to change anything. We just wanted to add them to our portfolio. It never works out. Well, How'd that work out for Twitch? So, something that I would argue is that gaming has been like sick for a while now. Um, and I think the Activision Blizzards of the world and the EAs of the world are are showing that. And like the amount of output... And the amount of focus that yeah. that gets placed on the Activision Blizzards and the EAs and the horse armor crafters, um, although that reference is probably so old now that you're probably one of the only people that gets it. Um, but that is dominating the scene by a massive amount because there is so, un- unfortunately, it is consumer driven. There is so much money in making terrible games that you can spend a lot on. Yeah. Like it's it's actually a thing, and people will do it. And there's like there doesn't seem to be anything that community voice can can solve here because whales will wail no matter what people say. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, junk games that you can spend a ton on, very very empty, soulless games that you can spend a ton on are doing really well. And it's it's cool to me that the Fall Guys and the Among Us games out there have started actually kind of popping off because they're yeah. a little bit smaller studios, smaller teams, genuinely really fun-focused games. Yeah, PC gaming that, like, needs so much more of that. It absolutely does. And something that I really, really, really hope turns out to be awesome, but we probably won't hear anything from it for quite a few years, is Dreamhaven. Have you heard about this? No. No, it's not in the dock, um, but Mike Morheim, the, he, he's a original co-founder and former CEO of Blizzard Entertainment. Oh, wow. From way back at the beginning. Like, I'm talking the Lost Vikings era. Like, he's from back. He co-founded the original. I think they were called something before they were called Blizzard. But, like, he co-founded the way back then and then was clearly very unhappy with the Activision stuff. And then he left, I think, like, two years ago. He quit. Yeah. Uh, and then he came out of retirement to found Dreamhaven. Um, and I can, I'll send I like you the, the name. If he lives up to the name, then it sounds pretty good. The name is actually the whole point as far as he's saying it. And you, yeah. you said something very recently that was like, everyone says this and like to a lot of degrees, yes. But I think he's actually directly addressing in here a lot of the issues that I think the gaming industry has had for a long time where they're taking these, these artists and these creatives and they're bleeding them for microtransactions and trying to yeah. get them to pump out garbage that they can sell. They're trying to shrink deadlines. They're trying to do all this other kind of stuff to, to make terrible things that you can spend a lot of money on. And yeah. uh, they 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 go into the details here. I, I wasn't ready for this, but um, 
The opening statement is, welcome to Dreamhaven. We love epic adventures, sharing stories and creating lasting memories with family and friends. So we're building a new game company based on our shared values and relentless passion for making meaningful player experiences. And they go on later into basically talking about having the goal to not be massive financial gain, but the goal to be high quality games and sustaining yourself off of that instead. Well, if Nintendo's anything like, to go on, it you can have it both. It can work. <laughs> it can absolutely work. You're right. Like Nintendo is a great example for that. And that's one of the reasons why I've been a fanboy of Nintendo for a long time. Of that, is, not of everything. Sometimes Nintendo makes mistakes. Oh, absolutely. The Wii U just in general. Is oh, I just meant more than being like jerks. Um, but, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. They, they were extremely stupid around the like origination streaming. of game streaming and yep. stuff like that. They've made massive mistakes, but in general, they seem to strive for quality, which is, which is important. Um, so they, they already have two studios under the, the wings of Dreamhaven uh, called Moonshot Games and Secret Door. And I don't, I don't think there's much details about what those studios plan to do. Um, Hopefully what they plan to do isn't exactly what's already commercially successful on the market, or they're going to have another, what was that uh, MMO that lasted for like months? Wildstar? Something like that. I remember going to, I remember going to PAX and they had like this gigantic booth and the thing launched and it was just like, yeah, it's like, wow, but bad. I'm like, okay. And then uh, how long did Amazon's, uh, Amazon's new shooter last on uh like their their public release and they like take it back private or something stupid like that I, I was following it a little while ago amazon games Amazon's crucible. i didn't even know yeah crucible about. that's right crucible so it went from like people were being paid to play it to nobody was playing it and then went back into closed beta like oops <laughs> womp, at, at least they did that to be honest at least they didn't just leave it burn like ea probably would <laughs> I don't even remember Ouch. what game that was, but there was there was a game that came out from EA that was just actual garbage, and they they just like tried to erase it from history, basically. Uh, I, I'm sure Twitch chat remembers, but classified Anthem. says yes. Yeah, classified says CD Projekt Red. Anyone? Well, okay, yes, but also there no. There are examples. Yes, but also yeah. no. CD Projekt Red has the luxury, and this was a good business move. And I'm not saying I'm not going to give them credit for it. But they have they have the luxury of what I call Valve privilege, where they get to work on games for fun because they feel like working on games because they also have good old games, which keeps them flush with cash. So if they don't release a game for five years, no one has to worry about like what they're going to eat. Um, they can just eat a cut of other people's game sales. Um and I'm not saying that's like bad. It's it's good. I love good old games. Love the model. Um, fantastic. Yeah, love all the guys over there. It's just um, good old games actually didn't bring in much for them. Yeah, but it brings in consistent. Yes, it's something you can rely important. on. Yeah, and like yeah, there there are there are examples of companies that aren't doing that. But as a whole, I I think it would be fairly hard to argue that the the state of the video gaming industry is like very healthy um right, you don't want another nhl game <laughs> nhl bubble edition it, it feels like a lot yeah. of the i would say the majority of the big players in the video gaming industry are kind of phoning it in and cashing out yep that's uh, fair i mean that's, that's a, not that's not a good or or healthy thing for for good quality within that industry 
So let's see if Microsoft, um, you know, does better because if there's one Hopefully. thing we've learned from the Netflix model, from the model of, of whatever it is as a service, it's that it can keep you flush with cash so that you can afford to make investments and what it can do. So it provides that stability because you've got those recurring payments so that you can invest. But it also incentivizes investing in legitimately great experiences because you want people to keep paying their monthly fee. Um, so, you know, there's no question that Netflix has produced a ton of really great original content and sometimes about things that other more traditional production companies might not even touch. Like they did something on um, like a Chinese protester or something, a documentary a little while ago that, you know, if I was Disney, there's no way I would I would do that or any of the bazillion things that Disney owns. And that's really cool because in a sense, that's almost like um, it's almost like a more democratic way of. Uh, of creating content because it's ultimately funded by the people for the people. Now, Netflix is a public company and, you know, beholden to shareholders and all that other kind of stuff. So there's definitely some complication there. I'm just saying it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more sustainable. So if Microsoft is building what is essentially like the Netflix of gaming through their Xbox experiences, acquiring all these game developers with the intention of like, okay, look guys, no, just make great games so that people never put down their Xbox and always just keep reinvesting in the Xbox ecosystem. Well, I can see why Microsoft said, and this was months ago, we don't even see Sony as a competitor anymore because Lord only knows how long they've had this in the works. They could still yeah. do things better. I mean, did you see people were accidentally buying Xbox One X's because Microsoft's naming scheme is so utterly stupid that people series don't series. don't know what Series X is or One X or Series S or like what are you doing? Stop! It's so easy. One, two, three, four, five. Sony can do it, and like there, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. Series is a really stupid name. It's so stupid. And I'm sure there's some like deep meaning. Like we talked about this on a previous WAN show, actually, where like maybe they're calling it series because it's yeah, the final yeah. Xbox and they're just going to keep doing series and they're just going to run at different levels of graphical fidelity or, or whatever. The point is, it doesn't matter. You have to make things clear for the consumer. I blame Apple. It is Apple's fault that we just keep calling the product macbook without clarifying which macbook which xbox is it i actually need to know these things because it affects things like controller intergenerational compatibility and like what games run on it and what tvs it hooks up to and interfaces it has it's stupid just the original xbox name was pretty cool i think xbox 360 was like okay and then since then, I think everything has been a mistake. Yeah, 100%. Calling it the Xbox One was was asinine. not good. Because when I say Xbox, now I have to say original Xbox, which is a lot of syllables wasted. How much oxygen has Microsoft wasted from people having to say original Xbox? Like it's how many like, lives I'm, I'm, I'm sure consumed? this wasn't an intention, even though it might be a benefit to a certain degree. But like buying an Xbox controller on Craigslist is kind of hard. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's it's annoying and it's hard because you have very inconsistent listing names because it's Craigslist. 
So it's like, I don't know. Oh, Nintendo is really rough on their handhelds. Yeah, so someone yeah. listed uh, new Nintendo 3DS XL, yeah. and then I think they had new so Nintendo dumb. 3DS XL Plus yeah. or something. Like, like I, I make fun of that all the time. Yeah. Like, how hard is it? Cooper says the problem is they can't name it Xbox Four because uneducated consumers would see PS Five and go, "Oh, that's one number bigger." Fine, but everyone knew the solution way back years ago. Xbox 720 then, if you absolutely must. Like, if you must have stupid, irrelevant numbers. I think that's what everyone thought it was going to be. Everyone thought it was going to be Xbox 720. They came out with Xbox One, and we were like, what? Connect what? what? Yeah. Hub of the media? What are you talking about? And then they ran out and bought PlayStations. Yeah. So just, <laughs> like, making simple branding is actually really easy. And Microsoft knows how to do it. Gold membership. Oh, that's like good and shiny. I'll, I'll get that one. They know yeah. how to do it. They just also know how to confuse people for no reason. Making confusing branding is actually harder than making simple branding because all the rules already exist. Gold, silver, bronze. And then, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, we came up with something better. Oh, platinum. Throw that in there. No problem. No problem. Diamond. You know, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, there, ooh, shoot, there's one that's like kind of in between. Call it the five plus, whatever. It, it's, it's easy. It's easy. Making things difficult for consumers to understand. The cynic in me thinks that like, you know, back when, uh, you know, and NVIDIA was going through a, a dark time in the Fermi days when they were just like rebranding cards or when AMD rebranded the... Uh, what was it? The 7970, like four times or however many times they did it. Like the cynic in me just goes like, okay, yeah, I guess you just, you have to resell the, you know, the same or a worse product and you need people to think it's new so that the media will cover it again. And so people will run out and like buy the new one or whatever it is. And I get it. some consumers are probably that stupid, but for everyone else, please just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm not surprised at all that this happened and it's just disappointing all right but yeah i'm exhausted now big navi might be faster than the 3080 what one quick thing i want to throw yeah. in before we leave is there's a statement from someone at zenimax saying like the real winners today are the gamers <laughs> no the real winners are the, the Zen real Zen winners are the people that just sold their company for 7.5 billion <laughs> yeah they're, they're not winners. you're not fooling anyone there's some cool things for the gamers but the real winners are you <laughs> Yeah. Stuff it. Sorry, we can continue. <laughs> uh, Big Navi might be faster than 3080, according to some firmware listing something something 80 compute units. I'll believe it when I see it. Sweet. Spotify, Tile, ProtonMail, and Basecamp join Epic against Apple. The coalition published a list of 10 App Store principles. Uh, no developer should be required to use an App Store exclusively. No developer should be blocked or discriminated against if they compete with the App Store owner. Uh, yeah. Every developer should have timely access to interoperability interfaces and technical information. Yep. Should have access to the App Store as long as they meet basic standards, security, privacy, quality, digital safety. Developers' data should not be used to compete with the developer. Yeah, freaking obviously. Like, these are all such, like, obvious antitrust violations that absolutely Apple has violated. Uh, every developer should be able to communicate with users through its app. Uh, yeah. No App Store should be able to engage in self-preferencing. Um, yeah. No developer should be required to pay unfair fees nor be required to sell within its app anything it doesn't wish to sell. And uh, all app stores should be transparent about their rules and policies. That's a big one. That's one of the places where Apple's arguments might really fall apart 
where they're trying to say like it's all in the interest of the smoothness of the experience except that it isn't smooth and you yeah. are not applying the rules equally um and it's well documented that they're not uh, so there's that oh oh my goodness we've got a new lttstore.com merch item uh it, do, do you have I, it yeah. uh i can i can get it uh, it was it was warm. I left it at the office. I left it on my chair. I don't have it. Okay, Luke's gonna go get it. But I'm gonna show you guys. Look at this guy with this beard and this comfy, comfy gray sweater. And whoa, does it have a hidden pocket? Is there a hidden pocket down there that can fit a Note Nine? You can put your hands in it too. Look at that. We've got all kinds of different sizes and shapes of people to show you what it looks like. Look at this guy. Isn't he beautiful? Hey, it's Andy, Anthony, more David. Wait a minute. Is this the same pictures over and over again? Look at this guy. He's all like loser. No, he's pointing at the LTT logo. So we went with really subtle branding on this one. It's just meant to be like, a, it's got like a fleecy inside, um, not actual fleece. So it's 100% cotton French terry. And it's like really warm and like snuggly, um, kind of like a bit of a looser fit than some of the stuff that we've done before that's more more form fitted. But we think it's going to be extremely popular. Um, the one problem is you might want to buy two instead of just one because there is a high probability, if mine and Luke's experience is anything to go by, that your lady will steal it from you the second you bring it home. Um, yeah, like the the one that I the prototype one that I've had for actually like months at this point. We've been working on this one a long time. Uh, Yvonne has probably worn it like eight times to my one. Um, <laughs> So we we decided on what I think is very reasonable pricing on this one. We're doing $39.99. Uh, compared oh. to the Stealth hoodie and the Swacket, there was just, I mean, it actually did end up being a ton of work because it's a totally different size chart. And because there's less um, stretch in the material, we had to do a lot of work to make sure that it'd be comfortable to put on and all that kind of stuff. But it was less um, less custom sewing um then something like stealth hoodie or swack it so uh we were like okay well yeah hey uh, why don't we do why don't we do 40 bucks let's do a 40 dollar sweater um it's actually about the right season to be putting it on sale accidentally uh we, uh it, it was supposed to be last last winter but don't don't worry about it too much just head over to lttstore.com get one for yourself um yeah super subtle branding we we don't want our merch to be like you know, hey, you have to broadcast to everyone in your social circle that you really like Linus Tech yeah. Tips. But if you want to do that, you can get a stealth hoodie, which has like, you know, the logo down the arm or whatever. We definitely have stuff like that. This is just more for staying comfy and cozy when you're when you're gaming. Hopefully you guys like it. Yeah, so someone commented, why are the arms so long? So I, so I showed like when my arm is out, it is not super oh, long. Yeah. And you can, you, that's one of the reasons. I actually, it, it sort of happened just by accident. Like people actually like doing it, which is really cool. Like modeling merch is not in anybody's job descriptions, but people just have stepped up and are just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I want to do it. And so what, I really like that. Sorry to cut you yeah. off, but I really like that so many people do it because you really get to see how it fits on like a really wide variety of actual humans instead of like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool. Instead of it's models, good. because yeah. we don't have any models. This is yeah. all just people who work just, at... Here's a bunch of people that you have, you have probably seen a fair amount of times, and they're fairly consistent throughout the store, so you see them in a bunch of different stuff, yep. and you can tell kind of how it fits. If you buy something and you see the pictures and it fits a certain person in a certain way, 
and you're like, wow, this fits me really nicely. Then you see that person wearing something different in the future and it fits them nicely. You can probably guess that it's going to fit you nicely again. Like that's actually super cool. I don't know. That's a benefit in my eyes. Ice Peter asks, who buys this trash? Um, lots and lots of people who are like actually pretty stoked on our trash for the most part. It's, it's been, great. It's been a very, very successful uh, part of the business for us because we have another business that can allow us to invest in it and not rush anything. Um, I actually killed a product yesterday that was supposed to launch on this WAN show. Um, it was a long sleeve with short circuit branding that I wasn't happy with the sleeve length and the fit um, because the final garments that we got did not match um, what I had approved. So basically they were gonna have sleeves that were too long and kind of bunched up weird. And it was a difficult decision because we've already printed hundreds of them. So those are just going to get donated now. Um, but that product is not launching and we're not taking your money for it. Um, so that's why people buy this trash because it's not trash. Um, cause we don't have to push out trash. We can just take our time and do it right. That's why. Uh, viewer activity. Let's have a look at some, uh, some trash comments from people who paid to send comments cause they're crazy. Uh, Jurgen says, hey, when will WAN show be available as VOD on Floatplane? Yeah, Luke, we, should we do that at some point? We should probably do that. What are we doing? Sorry? WAN show Touch VOD on VOD. Floatplane. Uh, yeah, we probably should. I know you can. Yep. I know you, you can. You know that. <laughs> Zui Melb says, shout out to the LTT folding team. Now that it's cooling off in the north, I can fold again. Sweet. Also, video suggestion, 12VO car PC build that runs directly off the car's electricity. That's actually not a bad idea. Thomas says, uh, what's Nick's Twitter handle so I can bother him about possibly making those collared elemental shirts for LTTstore.com? Uh, at Nick LMG, I think. I actually don't know. I'm pretty uh, sure that's it. I'm Jake right now. Yes, it is. says, hey, just scored an IT job today using knowledge I learned from LMG videos. Thanks for sparking my interest. Hey, nice. that is sick. That's Heck. freaking awesome. Uh, Theorica says, in case you didn't mention it, any takers on the shifty stealth pins? Shifty stealth pins. Shifty. Oh, 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 you mean the, um, hmm, mine doesn't make sense, but it's probably just me and everyone who asks me about it. Uh, I think you're talking about the people who got gaming rigs from their stealth pins shirts that they bought on the store. Um, two of them have been claimed already. Yes. I actually don't know if the third one got claimed. They might not have seen it on the WAN show. So, hey, if your Stealth Pin shirt has something different other than LTT spelled out in it, uh, go check and send a picture to the support team. Um, I had another update. No, I can't give you guys that update yet. Whoop, whoop, Robert Mail says, Gigabyte 3070 leaked on Discord. 1815 boost clock. Oh, huh. okay. Um, Luke says, I would like a GPU with no dents when I spend 3080 money. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Baja Truck Guy says, I work at a machine shop and I have some minimum wage employees. They don't understand they need to work above their pay to get ahead in the job. Uh, uh, yeah, back to that. I mean, I get it. I see both sides because if they feel like it's dead end, they're not going to want to invest. And if you feel like they're a dead end loser, you're not going to want to invest in them. And then nobody invests in anybody and the business suffers. Everybody suffers yeah. because when a business yeah. doesn't succeed, everyone loses their job. I mean, uh, except for this broken mega sort of corporation situation where everyone above a certain, yeah, you get a golden parachute, which yeah. I think is horrible. 
Like I honestly, I have no problem with, you know, I don't agree with Elon Musk about everything, but I have no problem with his compensation being based on performance at the job. Like that I can get behind. You know, if you are going to pay yourself, you know, millions of dollars a year or whatever, when things are going good, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. But you better get paid zero dollars a year when things are going bad because executives are ultimately supposed to be what guide the ship. So if the ship's going in the wrong direction, the buck has to stop somewhere. Um, my channel. Luke, what color LTT bottle should I get? Linus won't get my jingle jingle unless you answer. <laughs> I My favorite one is the, the white and black, but the, the fairly standard black and gold is very, very cool. Um, I think most people like this one. And I think it's with decently good reason, but I like the white one. My girlfriend loves the pink one. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Josh says, I got the 3090 FTW3 Ultra, but I'm not either of the customers you mentioned. I wanted the extra VRAM and the 3080 20 gig will probably be somewhere between the new cards and price. I won't need to upgrade for a while now, but you also don't sound mad. So you, you wanted the state of the art, which was one of the people that I outlined, by the way. Okay, yeah. Sounds like someone you outlined, to be completely honest. Uh, Al Baker says, I want to buy a new Mac Mini soon. Is there a point, do you think, to buying the maximum available storage capacity? I, I don't know. I, would, would you buy a Mac now, knowing that the ARM stuff is coming? That's tough, I mean, eh? I wouldn't buy a Mac at all. Well, yeah, but okay, fine. Um, That's literally mostly just because like, I would have no idea what to do once it sat in front of me. I also can't see... Want to learn. I can't see any reason in the year 2020 to buy a system with maxed out storage. Like the money that you have to spend on storage upgrades for some of those like um, tier one PCs, you, you might as well just like put together a cheap NAS with spinning disks and then only keep the ones that are only keep the things you absolutely need on your machine. Like who has more than 256 gigs of actual applications that they need on something like a Mac mini. Like, it's not like you're loading it up with a bunch of like call of duty, modern warfare. Like what are you putting on yeah. there? Yeah. You should be working off of a NAS. So I would invest in the 10 gig interface and like some 10 gig gear. I'd build out my, my network infrastructure over time. I wouldn't, uh, okay. Wei Ping Lin says, I want a dishwasher safe water bottle. Unfortunately, all of the vacuum walled water bottles are not dishwasher safe. Just because your other one doesn't have a warning about it doesn't mean you should put it in the dishwasher. All right, that's it. Uh, wait, what? Merch idea. Long johns and long sleeve shirt made from... Yeah, hey, we got to get out of here. We got that Among Us game to get to. Conductive material. Hold on a second. A bodysuit made of conductive material as taser-proof underwear. What are you talking about? Thanks for watching. It would still ground into you, wouldn't it? Show's over. Goodbye. Yeah, you'd have to earth it, someone just said. Yeah, you'd still need like a grounding. <laughs> you could just drive a big stake into the ground and then just like... Stay. You just can't move. Yeah, well, you're, well, <laughs> you're basically a dog on a leash for your whole life. <laughs> That'd be great. Show's brought to you by Steel Series, Vesper Footwear, and.